The following interview with Monica Gallagher was excerpted on episode 33 of Giant Size. It is featured here completely uncut. Uh, It ends right toward the end, just as somebody comes up to her table toward the end of the show wanting to buy something, because that certainly takes precedent over an interview, something that I encourage all of my interviewees to, uh, to leap at the opportunity for any time they need to during an interview. Show notes and links can be found at esn.fm slash artistedition slash 62. Without further ado, here is Monica Gallagher, the creator behind Part-Time Princesses, available now from Oni Press. One of the things that I love about Staple every year is that I, I meet new artists whose work I'm completely unfamiliar with. And, uh, and I was glad that, that your stuff caught my eye, because uh, your, your, your work uh, seems to be very much up my alley, Monica Gallagher. Um, do you recall your point of no return as a comics reader, as a comics fan? Not necessarily the first comic that you read, but when you knew consciously that this art form was something that you were absolutely interested in being a part of, that sort of thing. Whether it was a newspaper strip, a staple book, an, an indie comic, a zine. Is it something that you can pinpoint? Um, kind of. Um, I remember doing it just for fun. I mean, I used to copy Garfield and um, Calvin Hobbes back in the day like everybody else did and make my own little characters. But I think it wasn't until high school that I started doing my own ridiculous superhero comic mm-hmm. about my friends and I. <laughs> and then like, I noticed that their interests seemed to wane, but yeah. I kept going. And then I realized that like it was just something I had to do whether or not they wanted me to do it. <laughs> So that, yeah, I think it was like um, probably junior year of high school is when I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to keep doing this. Whether or not people read it, I'm going to still go. So. What, what did you start to get into? What are what were your go-tos uh, once once you were a fan? What was the kind of stuff that you, you liked picking up? Um, well, my first, besides comic strips, my first real comic book that got me into comics was ElfQuest. Mm-hmm. That was like my biggest thing when I was 12. <laughs> and I still love it. Um, I'm getting an ElfQuest tattoo next week, and I'm really excited. <laughs> Congratulations. Yes. You, have my, you have my full endorsement and approval. Yeah, and I've met the pennies and like stalked <laughs> them. And like, yeah, so ElfQuest was my, um, first intro into comics, but the one that made me think I could do comics was really Ranma, um, the manga by Rumiki Takahashi. Um, I think because, and I was talking to some other people about this, I think mimicking like the manga style got a lot of people into thinking, oh, I can draw. I can just mimic this style for a while, and then it eventually evolved into their own style. Um, but there's something about manga that like really like got a lot of people into it, and then thinking that they could draw like that. It was like a good style for them to just like intro them into drawing their own stuff. I don't know. As a manga reader, do you find that there's stuff that if, if somebody came up to you and said, "What what is a really great manga that I can that I should get into that that's really accessible that is just can't fail kind of stuff that I can just pull off the rack and there it is." Well, the the bad thing is I don't read it anymore. <laughs> well, from I haven't from, read it for a from long your time. past experience. Yeah, I mean it was mainly Ranma. It was mainly Ranma. Yeah. Um, I don't think I read any other ones. I watched a lot of anime, so I watched, like, Fushigi Yugi was a big favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to watch, like, Cowboy Bebop and, um, oh, some of the, like, crazy ones, like, Bastard mm-hmm. and um, um, Dragon Half. There were a bunch of, like, weird ones. That they would, whatever they had, my comic book shop had, like, a um, like a part video store, so they yeah. rented anime, and that was, like, whatever they had, I was into. <laughs> and then a lot of it turned out to be porn. <laughs> Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> that should have been labeled differently. Right. So, yeah, unfortunately, I don't, I 
don't read. Well, that how did how did your taste evolve? What what did you what what have you found yourself reading? You know, of late in, in your adulthood, uh, that's particularly captivating to you. I don't know why I kind of moved away. Or what got me into other stuff? But I I did start reading more indie stuff. So I read a lot of like. Um, I read a little bit of Chris Ware, and then I mainly moved into Daniel Klaus. Um, I read a lot of, um, I don't even know how it got what's into the, it. What's a go-to Daniel Klaus for you? Um, I don't know if I, I might have read Ghost World first. I mm -hmm. feel like I read whatever was before that, like a couple of just like, I really loved his style, and I love the way he told stories. I was like, oh, this is a thing. You can tell stories this way. Um, and then I picked up Blue Monday from mm -hmm. Oni. Um, and it was just more like, it was a style that was still accessible to me, but realistic, but not heavily detailed to where it like took me out of the story. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't remember like how I got to those, but then once I started reading like Adrian Tomine stuff, um, it just kind of like went down, whatever I could find. And then I, I ended up reading a lot of like Jeffrey Brown stuff mm -hmm. um, and a lot of like mini comics that were about like personal relationships and autobio stuff. Was it was it that content that that type of content that attracted you? Was it the storytelling style that attracted you? A mix of the of the two as, um, as your taste changed? Well, I definitely like slice of life stuff. Mm -hmm. I didn't later. I didn't like that all of them like seemed to have a very uh, familiar like relationship path, and then Winnelly a lot Lima. of them were kind of depressing. Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, I'm done with people complaining about well, like... I would love to have a little bit of sunshine and rainbows right. in my life. Just a little, because there's actually some actual sunshine and rainbows. I know. Like, my advisor in college got me this beautiful Chris Ware book, and I, I quit, like, halfway through because I was so depressed <laughs> reading it. I was like, this is gorgeous and horribly upsetting. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I like to mix and match a little, and it was, like, a little too on the downswing. So... In your own work, um, have you have you found that your taste in what you've been putting out there has evolved? That there were, there were things that you were doing early on that you're that you're still doing those types of stories, um, or have you seen a similar change in yourself as you've been kind of working out what what you want to put out there? Yeah, I started just doing straight up fantasy, um, and for a while, my main motivation to doing comics was like I need to figure out how to write so I'm just gonna keep writing a story mm -hmm. and as I write it it'll get better I don't know why that was my um, <laughs> my impulse into writing I was like I'll just keep going and it'll get better rather than I'm gonna write a draft that no one sees and then do it again and it'll be better I was just like everyone's gonna watch me evolve as I write the story <laughs> and then it took me a little while to do autobio stuff even though I read a lot of autobio stuff it took me a while to actually do it myself is there, is there, you know, as as you're, you know, you've you've got you've got stuff on the web, you've got stuff in print, you've got stuff uh, in in print that you printed yourself, you've got stuff in print that, that Oni has put out. Um, is there is there any of your work thus far that you're particularly eager to revisit, even if it's something that you're already in the process of revisiting? Right. <laughs> uh, and and what 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 would motivate uh, such a thing for you, knowing your own work? Revisiting my own stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I think it depends on the characters. If I felt like I hadn't done them justice, or yeah, because my longest running comic, Gods and Undergrads, I started back when I was first trying to do comics, and I put it on the web immediately. And over time, it's like I I can kind of see now all the mistakes that I made and where I would do it differently, which is fine. Because um, I don't believe people should always revisit their old stuff, but if they do find a potential or a reason to go back, I think that's fine. You know to kind of figure out how they would do it differently and then so in, in, in the case of that one that's mm -hmm. that's one that you're you're revisiting you're retooling yeah I'm looking to reboot it um, 
But it was kind of funny because I got stuck thinking, well, you know, I don't know how I would reboot it the same way. But just in the process of doing a reboot, it's going to be entirely different. That's kind of exciting. And if you can find something to be excited about in that, then it's worth doing. If you can't, you know, if I'm struggling with like, oh, I don't know what I would do, then it's not worth doing it. You know. <laughs> so you you have a, a fondness for Elf Quests. Uh, uh, anybody who has watched Fushigi Yugi is is somebody who, who has who has a, a very deep, uh, tender spot in their heart <laughs> for fantasy, uh, like myself. Uh, is is there is there an eagerness on your part to to you know, do do some more work in that genre or any particular genre or style? I don't know. It's kind of funny. Over the years, I kind of, um, I don't really do fantasy anymore. I like a little bit of fantasy, but mainly it's just like um, a real setting and then something wacky thrown in that everyone treats as totally normal. Yeah. But it's not like a fantastical world. I kind of grew away from, and maybe I'll try to do it again, but like when everything is fantasy, like I've seen fantasy done so well that I don't really know what I would have to add to that. It would have to be like very, very subtle. Like I used to love um, Top Ten by Alan Moore because mm -hmm. everyone was a superhero, yeah. so nobody was. So I it was, was great. yeah, you shoot lasers out of your eyes. Good. Right. Good for you. Big <laughs> right. deal. Whatever. Who cares? Right. I like treating that as like completely normal and then exploring like that side rather than... Something dramatic happens and then, I don't know, everyone has to deal with a new world. I don't know. I kind of grew away from that a little bit. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I would go back to full fantasy. Are you are you interested in doing doing a mix of things going forward, doing printed work as well as web work? Would you focus more on one or the other, uh, you know, if, if, if what you were getting out of it, both creatively and, and financially, were, were such that, that you could? Um, I think it's very interesting because I've seen other creators do it differently where some of them will publish um, all their work online as they're going and then get it printed and sell it and then take it all down offline because they need, they want to show people they're working and they kind of like the feedback but at the same time they know where they're going and nothing's going to influence them. Um, and so, and then other people keep their work in secret whether because the publisher makes them or whatever and so I understand that too. It's kind of just two different approaches, like mm -hmm. how you want people to read your stuff. Like I said earlier, show notes and links can be found at esn.fm slash artist edition slash 62, including ways that you can follow Monica's work online, buy her work, and otherwise become a fan of the creator of Bonnie and Collide, part-time princesses, and various other really great comics. Thanks for listening. We will be back right here in the Artist Edition in mere minutes from the time that this is posted with the full audio of Janelle Aslan's Pitching Comics panel at Staple 2015. Thanks for listening. Again, I'm Moises Chuyan. You can follow the network at ESNFM on Twitter. Thanks for listening.